it's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. It's 1999 this year. What a place to land. The first person uh, to mention Prince <laughs> loses a finger. <laughs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? Because I texted you earlier and said we should have a fine system put in place for any reference of Prince or mention of Prince. And then you turned a fine into dismembering bits of <laughs> digits. And what next? Yeah. A foot. Yeah, well, I think it's got a very Sopranos feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> the year of the gangster. There was, I mean, there were people running around concerning themselves with the Millennium Bug that year. Mm. Planes yeah. were going to fall out of the sky. Compu- entire computer systems weren't going to work. Electricity power stations were going to grind to a halt. All at the stroke of midnight of 1999 going into year 2000. What actually happened? Well, I'll tell you you what happened. Loads of computer men worked on it for months and stopped it from happening. Yes, (laughs) exactly that. Exactly. (laughs) Rubbish. Loads of computer men and women women. earned an absolute fortune with their snake oil sales going going around businesses saying, this this will never work come January the first. <laughs> Managing directors everywhere in panic. What you're doing now is the version of the person I talked to the other week when they were talking about the flu vaccine. I don't need the flu vaccine. I have it every year. I'm not going to bother now. Never worked. Don't work, does it? Well, have you ever had flu? No. Uh, well then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mate. All I would say is as well, it did happen. It happened. There were loads of problems. But, but, so for example, but not necessarily all happened on New Year's Eve. Some of them were longer term. That was the threat. That was the threat. So, so for example, in one, there was a, one of the serious problems in, in the UK was um, only recognised when health visitors in Yorkshire noticed an unusual number of babies being born with Down syndrome. And apparently more than 150 pregnant women were given the wrong results from their test because the computer system had gone wrong on January 2000. Oh, well, this is a buzzkill. Like... <laughs> what I'm saying is, it happened. Planes, planes, planes did, did... There was a guy, actually, who um, put... It was an American um, senator who, to prove... A bit like um, John What's-His-Name, Gummer, with feeding his kid a sausage to prove that there was no problem with beef, got on a plane at 10 minutes to midnight and was... Fly- <laughs> It was flown as as the new millennium came in. Well, didn't die. Yeah, I mean, what a cul-de-sac of comedy this has turned into already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, do you know what? It's, it did answer a question because at the time when they were saying, oh, planes will fall out the sky, etc., etc., I was thinking, who's going to be on a plane on New Year's Eve at midnight? <laughs> makes no sense can I read you off a list of some of the things that did happen 15 nuclear reactors shut down that would have been unnerving yeah Yeah. (laughs) there was a a, a pumping station at Yermatalak (laughs) failed cutting off supplies to Istanbul 
there were power cuts in Hawaii, uh, and government computers failed in China and Hong Kong. Oh, and a customer at a New York uh, State video rental store ended get, get got a bill for ninety one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> he was literally the only person to shit himself on New Year's Eve as a result of the Millennium Bug going wrong. Forget the guys, forget the guys at the nuclear reactor. We'll sort that. Pass it to Spanner. It's like, yeah, I'm um, going to pay this. Well, Pat, the, oh, go, I was sorry. Say, didn't the fellow who played Q um, in uh, the James oh, Bond films, Desmond Llewellyn, didn't didn't he crash his car? um about that time so that, that there was a, a joke around the like the only the only thing that crashed was was q and he was he was supposedly <laughs> the, the technology whiz well like this i mean this is brilliant it's dispelled one of the, the big mysteries of life to me like that this this should be like a another six-part documentary on netflix the true story of the millennium bug because there were people like me going, well, that's a load of rubbish, wasn't it? Well, 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 mate, <laughs> well, mate, you are right, because some suppliers did take advantage of, like, and sold unnecessary upgrades to customers, right? But this, that would as, never happen. As this computer programmer guy said, he said, we, me and my colleagues worked days and nights and weekends to meet the hard deadline of December 1999. He said, and we get really fed up when people just think, because, think that it was because we succeeded. You know, the threat wasn't serious. But, but it's because they succeeded. So, so they good just, on they them. Was, they thought, we'll just let a couple of, we'll just leave off on a couple of nuclear reactors just to let everyone know we're there. <laughs> get, get a few, get a few twitching. Yeah, exactly. Everything else, we'll, we'll keep the planes in the air. <laughs> just. Yeah, but apparently the reason that guy got that bill at the video rental store was because the computer showed he'd been renting the film The General's Daughter for a hundred years. Yes, that's his story. <laughs> it's called something else, that video, wasn't it? How many times can you watch it? <laughs> was the internet invented in 1999? Have we got that out of the way? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> it must have been around about then. Seems, well, seems about right. Well, sort of, because Bluetooth was invented. Bluetooth made its debut. So not quite the internet, but all Blue- part of our modern right. world. Bluetooth. Send, um, sending sounds to yeah. the speakers. Yeah. The, uh, one of the things I noticed, there was about 20% of people in, in the, I think it was in the, in the UK, had access to the internet by 1999, which seemed quite a lot to me um, back then. It's it, as I remember it, it seemed like about there was three people on the street who had the internet, and that was about it. It was like it was like a telephone in the in the nineteen thirties. <laughs> You're um, telling this story like one of those flipping BBC documentaries where and everybody gathered round <laughs> <laughs> and I received an email. And, um, but uh, I did read that there were fifty million Hotmail accounts that were hacked. Um, because uh, the the big word in 1999 was, uh, um, surprisingly, because you could hack Hotmail accounts with the password uh, EH, and that was enough. And 50 million uh, Hotmail accounts were hacked using that wow. password. Well, so like a two-letter password? Yes. Well, EH. ladies, they were asking for it. Yeah. They were asking for that. 
Well, do you reckon that well, was I'm, NASA's I'm password kidding, when I'm... they got hacked? Because <laughs> they got <laughs> hacked by a 15-year-old schoolboy in 1999. That was a movie, surely. No, it happened. Jonathan James. Uh, apparently, he was charged with two counts of juvenile delinquency, placed under six-month home arrest. I mean, that, that's punishment to a 15-year-old boy. Right, son, I'm you're going to have to this. stay in your room for fifteen mo- for, for six months. This, uh, this, this exactly he was a British kid, was wasn't he? Yeah. I remember this story. Yeah. He was a British kid, wasn't he? Deeply yeah. autistic. Yeah, but he had to write but, a letter of apology to NASA. Good with, good with numbers. Yeah. Good with well, numbers. he was exposed to failings of NASA. They should have been thanking him. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> Tell the judge that. <laughs> Tell it to the judge. 1999 was the uh, year of the movie The Blair Witch Project. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of that. It's a, yes. a uh, horror movie made with very grainy fam- uh, camera of a um, young woman who seems to be uh, crying a lot and, and scared. Or um, you could say it was an early version of a needy teenager's Instagram account. <laughs> I thought you just described Victoria Pendleton there, to be fair. <laughs> um, did you, have you ever watched that film? I did. I went to the yeah, cinema yeah. to watch it. And Me at, too. At, at the very end, everybody was, because it was packed, absolutely yeah, packed yeah. in there. And at the very end where um, it just finishes with that bloke um, looks like, looking like he's having to pee against the yeah. wall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Someone in the cinema just shouted, "Is that it?" And that was the best moment, actually, <laughs> of the film. Well, well, I have to say, I watched it and thought, "Is that it?" Yeah. Then went home, had poured, had a beer, watched a bit of telly, went into the kitchen to cook tea, and suddenly I actually got what it was all about, and I went, I really scared myself. I had a delayed action, but he... Uh, man, awful. Have, yeah. I, have I missed what it was all about then? Was there well, some... Mark, what did you, how did you interpret the ending before I go and mug myself here? Well, it, I think it did stray into the territory of some serious child abuse thing. <laughs> that's yeah, that's but, where I was. But in terms of facing the war, because I, I interpreted it as... He, whatever was behind him and, he, and had told him to look at the wall, he would rather look at the wall and wait to die than turn around and look at the thing that was behind him, and that's how terrifying it was. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair interpretation. I just yeah. didn't like left the cinema and thought, didn't well, I didn't go home and think about it again until tonight. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that thing that it took eight days to shoot. It only took eight days to shoot, but eight months to edit. Something I think I'm sure yeah. it was something like that. It, there was it, all it, sorts of phenomena about it, wasn't there? Saying all oh, like the people who made it had been spooked in the woods and all of this sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think like took it as a typical bit of uh, American vaudeville, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I didn't. I don't know. People don't talk about it anymore like they were talking about it at the time. It's like like uh, Independence Day. Yeah. That bloke who looks like you, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at the time, all people could talk about was Independence Day. Yeah. Or Blair Witch Project. And it's like, you know, it's no whiskey galore. Or the no. Lady Killers, is it? It's no, like, no. Oh, it, was, it was of its moment. 
I tell you what, as well, one of the films, one of the top ten films or most watched films of of, of 1999, uh, is actually the film version of Manchester United fans and rats, uh, the Mummy. You put Channel 5 on at any time, day or night, you are never more than two minutes away from watching The Mummy. <laughs> that is true, isn't it? I, I, I think I've watched the film again, it, like spread over about six months. Oh, it's this bit. I've joined it now. Okay, fair enough. It's true, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like Hot Fuzz on ITV3. Or ITV4, whatever it is. That's always on there as well, isn't it? I know. The the difference between the mummy and the hot fuzz is when you see hot fuzz, it's like a comfort blanket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go on, (laughs) 10 minutes. Give it 10 minutes. Like 90 minutes later, I've watched it again. (laughs) (laughs) The Sixth Sense. That was, was, I see dead people. Did you get that? Did you pick that up during the film before that bit? (laughs) I'm not joking. I bloody did. I did. And I said to my missus who I was with at the time, I said, if he does, if she comes to that room and doesn't look at him, he's dead. There you go. So you see dead people. I know. <laughs> yes. That's why he faces the wall all the time. I know. Look at him now. This is, like, <laughs> this is, this is honestly, this conversation is getting weirder and weirder. I can't turn around. I'd rather face the wall and wait to die than turn around and look at the screen with you two on it. The horror. Anyway, let's let's move on to 1999. Was the the year bullying was invented? (laughs) (laughs) Or the 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 distribution of Pokemon cards among young people. (laughs) I still haven't worked out what Pokemon is after all these years. No, no, I don't. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's not it. that you don't get it; you just don't care, do you? Uh, uh, there's that as well, obviously, <laughs> but but I don't understand what it is. It's just it seems to be that it seems to be cards, but then there are computer games, and then there are cartoons, and there's oh, oh. evolution, that isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I was. I never got it. Yeah, in my deep diving research into uh, this year, first year of Napster. Do you know what Napster is? Isn't that a sm- downloading music site, sort of yeah. early proto Spotify kind of thing, or something? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was almost identical to Spotify, but there was like a, it was either genius or a huge flaw in the business plan. In the <laughs> Napster decided, well, we'll just give away all this music for free without any consultation with the people who own the music. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good model until you get caught, apparently, which Napster did. But now, uh, yeah, I think like now the streaming giants do exactly the same thing, but keep all the money for themselves and don't pass it back to the musicians. So there we are, probably no better off. I wasn't Paul Weller kicking off about this the other week, about, 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 about the money... That, that, that they get from places like Spotify yeah, well, and stuff. I did I did read that if in 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 the uh, in the days when you bought CDs, they get a lot. They got like if you spent mm. uh, eleven quid in Woolworths, let's say, in, in the interest of keeping it retro, <laughs> <laughs> you spent eleven quid on on Weller's new album, Stanley mm. Road. That he would get a couple of quid from each sale. 
and uh, now like on the on the models of Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like that they they have to be downloaded 2000 times before they get 5 pence okay. it's like okay. absolutely ridiculous i saw i was reading earlier on actually an entirely different thing um, but it was about spotify and it was saying that there was if you uh, 10 million downloads would give a band of four about a thousand pounds each um four piece band so, <laughs> that's, like, so the, that's an entire population of the small country has listened to your record and yeah. you're still living in abject poverty or you can afford your rent for a month <laughs> so so are they saying you've got to earn your money from tours basically from yeah, that's, that's where all the money is these days isn't it touring? yeah yeah i guess yeah but, uh, yeah. but if you own Spotify, it means you can buy Arsenal. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So when are we going on tour then? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do all the little chefs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> never again! I'll drag just me imagine, in for Just imagine their face when you pull in Leicester Forest East Little Chef car park, and they're looking out the window. Their faces yeah. from the. Uh, from the ovens, he's back. He's back. <laughs> he's back. A bit like the the waiters and waitresses nudging each other in the ribs. He said he'd come. He said he'd come back. <laughs> we're a we're a man down on the shift. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows how to read the pictures. <laughs> the 1999 was a good year for food. I'm surprised uh, our little master chef hasn't jumped in on that yet. What was the food thing there then? It, it was the, the year of the food revolution, like where it became socially acceptable to be a TV chef and therefore everyone had to become one. Oh, was so, this the, uh, the start of like Jamie Oliver and yeah, those and uh, Nigella Lawson wrote a book called How to Eat. Very nice. <laughs> and that must have been fairly groundbreaking for someone. Hey, but- must have been annoying if she released that before how to cook. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Where's all this food I'm supposed to eat? Yeah. How to deal with botulism. <laughs> when you said food in 1999, I assumed you were going to talk about it was the year of the 99 flake. At last, <laughs> it's my year. <laughs> it's finally made it. It's finally here. Brilliant. There's, um, there was a story I found in 1999 about a woman called Joan Murray who survived a 14 and a half thousand foot fall when her parachute, her main parachute failed to open when she was skydiving. Right? She landed apparently in a fire ant mound. Right? And apparently the story said that numerous venomous stings caused an adrenaline rush to keep her heart beating long enough for doctors to assist. Now, I've never had a 14,500 foot fall, but I would assume the adrenaline was pretty high anyway on the way down, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, don't, I can't imagine the ants added to it. Yeah, no, exactly. As soon as I saw the ants nest, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much more can that increase it? <laughs> From a fall. It's like, how does you look on the, that? You know. Imagine it increased the ants' adrenaline, to be honest, you're seeing this woman hurtling towards them. From- <laughs> 14,000 feet. Or oh, ant adrenaline. See what I did there. Um, 
I suppose she goes around saying she's lucky, but I would say, well, you didn't li- you didn't land in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the October the twelfth in nineteen ninety nine, um, it was the the day of the six billion. Did you know this? The six billionth uh, living human was born on on October the twelfth, nineteen ninety nine. Who was it? Did they get? Do they get any recognition for that? <laughs> or is, is it just as, like a series of calculations? Um, yes, I, I'm, I'm guessing they can just work work out that given the the birth rate across the across the planet, um, then on the October the 12th would have been the day. But they, I'm not sure they could nail, you know <laughs> narrow it down to one particular person, which is unfortunate because that would be quite a you know be a heavy burden that wouldn't it. Well, actually, it wouldn't. It'd be all you'd talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you walk into a room, hello, I'm Mark, the six billionth person to be born. You've got to be called Steve Austin, haven't you? If you oh, no, actually, no, so that's, six, that's million, wasn't it? That was only six million. Six million dollar man. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, if you want to feel really old, two current England international footballers were both born in 1999. Oh. that's the trouble with 1999 to me it doesn't feel retro at all it's no like, i think i mentioned I this before it's like yeah. surely we're only in 2004 yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the 80s before it's proper retro haven't you and you think that and then you read that mason mount and declan rice were both born in january 1999 I ended up joining a load of Facebook groups around for people who make podcasts. And there was this American guy emailed me and said uh, he had nine que- nine surefire questions to ask uh, uh, your podcast co-presenters to keep the conversation going. But I read them and they're like the worst questions I've ever um, <laughs> seen in my life. Have you got so I'm not asking there? notes. I'm not asking those, but what I am going to ask is, and it's not related to 1999, but, you know, it got me thinking about what I could throw the odd random question in there in the spirit of being an award-winning podcaster one day. You know, when you uh, pass the remote to your uh, wife, girlfriend or both, do how do you do it? Do you like so so you your better half says passes the remote. Do you get up and hand over the remote control? Or do you throw it across the room and then somewhere on the journey of that remote control it hits something and pretty much lands back a foot away from <laughs> where you threw it from? And one of you has got to get out of the chair and pick it up. This is just a phenomenon exclusive to me. I think yes. it is. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. What, what about? All right then, because making me feel a bit weird now. What about when you try to close the door but not with the handle because <laughs> you can't be bothered to get up, so you're like pushing it on the side <laughs> where the hinges are, trying to grip it, <laughs> trying to get some traction to open it. Or close it, it rather than just get up and open the door. Have you ever done that? Yes. 
yeah, come on, that's better. You end up putting more effort <laughs> into that than it would have taken just to get up. But it, it becomes personal, doesn't it? <laughs> I will not be beaten by just, a door. Once you've started, you cannot give up on that. <laughs> Gary's, looking, Gary's looking horrified at these questions. I'm not, Seven I'm not, to go. I no. can't. Uh, I can't even imagine where I'd do that. That's the thing. You see, I, I think you've taken the the approach of one of 1999's uh, uh, highest rating films. Fight Club, mate. Is it is it first rule of Fight Club? No one talks about Fight Club. First rule of of door handles, little fiddly remote control, personal habits. No one talks about talks them. About I've, I can honestly say I've I've never I've never done that with a door, but maybe I'll maybe I'll try it and see what it's like, and I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Mark, he didn't say, mate. He didn't say he hadn't done it. He just said he hadn't done it with a door. So hang on, what have you done it with? You didn't rule, the, you didn't rule it out completely. What, what what have you done? What have you done to try and do a shortcut that would make life simpler, but is actually harder than actually doing the thing you were going to do anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other day, I was dropping my kids at, at, off at, off at school, and there were loads of kids like walking towards the school, and then I realised I had to walk past. Uh, back through this group of coughing and spluttering teenagers when covid in leicester was at its peak so i thought do you know what i'm going to avoid all that because i don't want to get ill i don't want to face the flow so i thought oh i'll just nip down onto the river bank and then there's a cut through under the bridge and flipping slipped over on the uh hurt the base of my spine and it took me about 40 minutes to hobble home on what would have been a typical seven minute journey <laughs> there's an example but that was completely accidental wasn't it i mean the the door the door thing is a is like that's a deliberate action yes yeah, like and tonight sarah asked me for the remote control and i threw it in a diagonal fashion and it landed on the corner of the sofa between the the arm of the sofa and her leg. And it was what you could almost describe as the perfect remote control distribution. Like once once it dropped near the arm of the chair, it was never going to leave. Like never, no one was going to have to get up. It was perfect. It was the sweet spot. Yeah, it's kind of like Eric Bristow of remote control distribution I was tonight. You know, <clears> double <throat> tops. <laughs> it, it, landed, it landed like a woman falling from 14,000 feet into a fire ant's nest. <laughs> yes. yes, it did. Exactly. And there's something so satisfying about that. Was it was it like button side up facing the right way and everything? Was it? Everything about it was perfect. <laughs> Crossed it with the laces facing out. <laughs> it it was like it, it was like how those soldiers escaped from Colditz Castle. <laughs> the 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 way the remote flew slowly through the air. <laughs> Where eagles stay. It's funny to talk about jailbreak because the the biggest jailbreak in Brazilian history. Just to segue into something related to 1999. um, That'll never catch on. 
Yeah, happened. It happened in the, in the Putin maximum security prison um, in Brazil. Obviously, 345 prisoners um, ran and got out. Um, and in the uh, manhunt that followed, two fugitives were killed. And five innocent bystanders were accidentally jailed. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 340 empty cells here. Get in one. <laughs> I don't know why I find that amusing. It's like just these poor people just going, oh, look at that. 345 people running past. <laughs> Your nickname. That's what there. the cuffs on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you've gazumped my story because I've got daring death row escape shakes up Texas with seven serial killers escape death row. This sounds like a like a, a DC Comics film. Right. It's absolutely brilliant. Seven men awaiting execution in Texas made a desperate dash for freedom from the Ellis unit in Huntsville. Six. Six were halted in their tracks as tower guards opened fire, but a bit like in all American uh, uh, TV shows, none of the bullets hit anyone, so they all survived. <laughs> apart from apart from uh, one guy who was hit, who uh, again in American TV show style went full John Rambo, tried to stitch it up himself wrapped a load of plastic and paper around it and tied it in a knot with a bit of string and uh, was fa- found floating in a river. <laughs> Again, don't know why we're laughing, but uh, um, there we go. And, and in typical American TV media style, the uh, latest, um, the the uh, news media, media piled down to the nearest prison that there had been no escapes from to ask the people on death row why they thought they'd done it. (laughs) 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 To to which one of the replies was uh, a Nanon Williams, uh, who's in a Houston jail, um, said they were trying to escape the grip of oppression. We're living under a sentence of death with harsh conditions. It's like, yes, you're on death row. (laughs) (laughs) Hitting the fence and getting away is gaining your physical freedom. Or hitting the fence and getting shot down brings your freedom from the system through death. You're on death row. But, you know, to be fair, it, it was it was a silly answer, but it was an even sillier question, really, wasn't it? Why yeah, do you think they did it? <laughs> well, let me think hard um, about uh, one of the the reason the reason uh, the tower guard didn't uh, successfully shoot the other six was he lost time because he was smoking a cigarette. And went to the uh, tower to flush the cigarette down the toilet before picking up his rifle because smoking was banned in prison. <laughs> 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 you got his description of Mel Brooks film. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs>